1: you are listening to episode 55. You're listening to Cultivating the Lovely with me, Mackenzie Monroe from CultivatingTheLovely.com and Bold Turquoise across pretty much all social media along with
2: Erin Odom from the humbled and today we're going to have a fun lighthearted episode about our favorite tv shows
1: we all need a little mental break from time to time and sometimes a tv show is just the right thing so today we thought it would be fun just to discuss some of our favorite tv shows why we like them what we like about them when we find time to watch when maybe we decide not to watch and all of those kinds of things so I know for both Aaron and I, we both have one show that we really love and that is This Is Us. Mhm. I mean, I know most of America loves This Is Us. <laughs> I, but my friend Rebecca, I'm still trying to get on the This Is Us bandwagon. I don't know what's holding her back. But what are some of the things that you love about This Is Us, Aaron?
2: Oh wow. I just I love that it's it's real life. I mean yes. and it's just it's it's so raw. And part yes. of it I just I love that it takes me back to my childhood because totally. what's really what's really cool to me is that the triplets are my age. Yeah. Like exactly. Um it started when they were turning thirty six and I was thirty six and now they're all thirty seven and I'm thirty seven. And so all of the flashbacks to the nineteen eighties and the nineteen nineties is totally me and it's funny because I even have a picture of my parents my dad totally had a Jack mustache
1: mine too
2: (laughs) my mom totally had like the pretty like long Rebecca hair with however they wore in the 70s 80s 90s and they look so much like Jack and Rebecca and so I think it's that element of nostalgia and then the element of just the raw real life that you can have you know a relatively good childhood even because the triplets really did yeah. and still have some things that are kind of screwed up and figuring it all out in your adulthood and going back to your childhood and finding healing and yeah. I just love it. I cannot even tell you how much I love it and you know we're talking about some people I I have some friends too who are hesitant to watch it and I think it's because so many, many of us watch it and then we yeah. get on social media and we post I'm in tears again every yeah. week it makes me cry and I think people are a little scared because the yeah. world is a scary Place right now and they're scared just to go there with their emotions I've heard people say I have too much drama and too much tragedy in my real life to to spend time watching a TV show with it on there but I think uh, what I realized because I did take a break from watching This Is Us yeah. for a little while yeah. I came back realized, you know, maybe I didn't even really need that break because I, I felt like it, it's just a very cathartic show. Yes. Like, um, and the definition of cathartic, I actually looked
1: at this. Oh, up because, I love this.
2: You know, they used that term in the show. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I think that's how it is for me. But then I was like, Do I even really know what that means? (laughs) Let me look it up. And I'm a writer. I'm supposed to know this, right? But I totally was like wanting to make sure. And so it says providing psychological relief through the open expression of strong emotions. And I I feel like it's almost like a relief for the things going on in your life to see how these fictional characters are dealing with it and things that they – they grieve in their adulthood, relate it to their childhood and like Mm realizing that's okay. Like it's okay to look back at what you thought was the perfect childhood and realize maybe there were some things that weren't and how can we get through those things in our adulthood?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think that it also is so um, broad, like all of these, you know, the triplets as they're growing up, even though they grew up in the same house, they're all very different having grown up. And I think that's true of anyone's family, like that not everybody's all the same or into the same things. And I think that the things they go through, they hit on something that everybody in America can relate to. Like somebody has gone through something, you know, it's like they hit on everything from addictions to miscarriage, to death, to um, weight loss, to eating disorders, to, you know, I mean, like there's, you know, marital difficulties, it's there's so much there to be able to relate to, but it's not in like a off putting way, kind of like what you were saying it's actually cathartic. It actually makes you like see how someone else is dealing with something or working through something, and I think it just gives you pause mm-hmm. and I love the way that they did it because I think i don't I can't think of another show that was as circular. As this is us is, with the ability to pop in and out of the present and the past. Mm-hmm. And then even the future, as we saw on a recent episode, was like, oh my goodness, yeah. they they jumped us ahead those 30 years, which I wasn't expecting at all. And being able to see how those things all weave together, I think they've just done such a seamless, Job of doing that just from like an actual putting together a show standpoint. It's so well made and well acted. You really just, you never feel like somebody is acting on that show.
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely, You know, one show, it's really funny. One show that it reminds me of, which is really odd because they're really different, but is Lost. Did you watch Lost? I did
1: not watch Lost. Oh,
2: okay. We well, see they like, it's more of a sci-fi show, which was yeah. really weird that I actually even liked it. Like that was yeah. weird to begin with because I'm t- Totally not a sci-fi person, but it was one of the very few shows that my husband and I were both able to get into together, which was good because we, we just don't like the same genres, but that show flashes back in time and you never know exactly like like where they're going but that kind of reminds me like This Is Us reminds me of that because it mm-hmm. did it really really well like it was able to go through different time periods really well in the same show Yeah. something else about This Is Us that I really love is that I feel like it makes me want to be a better wife and a better mom Yeah. because it's just like you see Rebecca who is the mom figure and you see all of her flaws
1: Yeah. but
2: it makes but you see ahead too like you see what happens with her husband you see what happens with her kids Mm
0: -hmm. and so
2: it makes me want to be a better wife and mom because it's almost like it helps me understand the brevity of my children's childhood and also just the brevity of life in general because you know, she, not to have any spoilers, but there is a death, a big death in yeah. there. And well, they've been
1: telling us that death. from the beginning now. Yeah. Like, yeah. we've known that from episode one.
2: <laughs> right. So, so. Jack does they make it. We yeah. won't tell you how, but. I just think it really makes you appreciate the everyday and the mundane, and I just, I love it. I think it's one of those shows everyone needs to watch. You know, as a Christian, there are a few things in a few of the episodes that are definitely um, not Christian. You know, for example, you know, one of the main characters and her boyfriend are living together now. Um, I don't think they've shown any sex scenes like that or anything like that, but- one thing I have to realize when I'm choosing shows is um, I can't expect the world to live like yeah. Christians. Yeah. You know, and um, if it's not like explicit sin, um, to me it's it's real life, and yeah. um, I'm I'm okay with that. I know some people maybe their standard would be different and say, well, even if two characters are living together, I'm not going to support that show. Yeah. But to me, it's not yeah. a Christian family,
1: so I wouldn't be expecting that. Yeah, exactly. I think that's almost something that could be said of almost any show that we're going to mention today. Like most of what's put out there is made by the world. And so you have to be able to decide which shows you are okay with and which you're not. And some of them that I'm going to be, you know, talking about are more like biographical. And so it's just like, well, it happened. Whether or not I like it or not, it's what happened. And... Mm-hmm. And some of them also, even if it's showing bad things, I have to think about it in light of, is it showing this thing that I don't agree with as a good thing or as a bad thing? Because mm-hmm. if it's showing it to be bad, like that they're not glorifying it, they're say this, saying this was not a good thing that happened, even though it was sinful, then I feel like I can say more like, okay, well, they're not trying to promote that. <laughs> they're saying that it was bad, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think those are all things to keep in mind as you are weighing out what you want to watch and what you're okay with taking in. I mean, everybody has different levels of being able to, you know, take cope with what they are taking in. You know, I hear a lot lately about, you know, highly sensitive people. And so I think certain shows, you know, maybe This Is Us, it would be too much for someone who is highly sensitive. To me... I, as much as I am drawn in and I love the show, I'm not a crier. I have never cried in This Is Us. Wow. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I know. I just, I never have been a crier. I don't cry in movies. Like, I I could name on one hand things that I've cried that I've watched. And so, Mm -hmm. I'm not a highly sensitive person. I think maybe I can take a little bit more without having it, like bother me on that visceral level that some other people wouldn't be able to and I think it's just a matter of knowing yourself and your threshold for what you're able to kind of take in.
2: Mhm. I would say I I would say I didn't think I was highly sensitive, but I recently learned that being a highly empathetic person, which I am, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm super empathetic. It's almost like I can feel other people's pain or feelings, yeah. whatever they are, that that is a form of being highly sensitive. Yes. And honestly, I do think that's why I had to take a break for a while because our family was walking through some hard times and yeah. it was just like I didn't have Um, enough in me to like feel more pain from the show but but that said it is very cathartic Um, I cried probably every single episode the (laughs) first season the second season I really have not cried very much Um, I did cry on the on the episode where we find out how Jack died and it was really
1: Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was
2: really fun. I mean, it was actually kind of funny because this visiting pastor from a Cuban church, like my husband, like had to pick him up from the airport and he brought him and my brother-in-law into our house late at night, like while I was watching this Is Us, uh-huh. that episode. And I was crying, and I had mascara running down my face, and my brother-in-law looks at my – I, like, met this pastor from Cuba, and my <laughs> brother-in-law, like, whispered to my um, husband. He was like, what is wrong with Aaron? Like, has somebody died? Yeah. You Yeah. Know? <laughs> yes, and someone's died. Like, uh, Jack uh, has died. Yeah, Jack has died. <laughs> she's watching This Is Us, and my sister watches that, too, so my brother-in-law was like, oh, okay, I totally understand. Yeah. But I will say, if if listeners are interested in that show or any of the shows we watch today, um, do you ever – Read reviews, McKinsey, at Plugged In online from Focus on the Family.
1: You know, I do it more with movies than I do with T V shows. Okay.
2: They have T V shows, movies, music. Even some games and books, and um, you can look up what they say about "This Is Us." I just looked it up for us to make sure at Plugged In Online. Okay. It's a really valuable resource, like you said, especially yeah. for movies. Yeah. And um, I will say that um, there are some strong Christian um, leaders and theologians who have written some really good stuff about "This Is Us" too, and the lessons that we can learn from it. And one of them is Russell Moore. Um, I'll have to share with you so you can put it in the show notes. He wrote a really good. Um, post or an article in the Washington Post about This Is Us and hmm. why it's impacting people and just what a good show it is.
1: Well, and I think sometimes it's helpful, especially on shows like this that are very raw and they show, uh, you know, just a very real American family and the things they're dealing with every day. I think sometimes we get so inside our Christian bubble and mm-hmm. the way we're living that we forget what other people's normal lives look like and how we could actually be impactful to those people in their real life without it feeling like some crazy wacko thing. You know, like sometimes it's good to have a little bit of a reality check of how we can be light best in the darkness.
2: hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree.
1: Yeah. Okay. Next show. Do you have another show on your list that you want to talk about?
2: Okay, girl. So here's the thing. I don't watch much TV. Okay. (laughs) So... Like one thing, like we talked about um, intentional TV watching, I pretty much just watched like one show at a time, but I did just watch another show. I kind of binge watched it and it was The Crown.
1: Yes, that was, okay. I have my list of shows here and that was the top of my list that I wanted to talk about. Awesome. They were in like a seriously, you know, like in order list, but that was the first one I wrote down was The Crown.
2: Okay, awesome. I and I do have other shows that are like my top shows that I from just forever from like my whole life that I love. Yeah. But the crown is the most recent other show besides This Is Us that I've watched.
1: And I I mean, I definitely Okay, so I'm not the same as you. I have shows going at the same time, a lot of it, some of it has to do with just my current living situation because I can't like, I don't have a room to be in by myself once my kids go to bed unless I'm going and like hanging out with my parents in their room or hanging out with my brother <laughs> in his room or like holding myself up in a closet by myself. So a lot of times I will just end up like watching something that they are watching or like Saturday nights my dad works so my mom and I watch a certain show on that night that we know that he wouldn't be into. So let's let's take a break right now from our list of shows to talk about our intentional TV watching. So that's that's kind of what how I'm doing it is like mm-hmm. that's that's just in this household that I'm living right now. That tends to be what everyone's doing to just kind of get a break from their day. And like when I was house sitting recently, I had this whole week of having a bedroom and being able to do whatever I wanted with my evenings. And, you know, I really didn't turn to shows too much. I was more reading and, and that sort of thing. And I maybe watched a little bit of Netflix, but it was mostly like, oh, I just have this quiet time to myself. But mm-hmm. in my life right now, I'm seeing how it just works out that this is how everybody's like winding down in the evening. So if I go catch a show with somebody else or even i am able to, you know, quietly watch a show on my phone with, you know, earphones in or whatever while I, right before I'm going to bed, that's especially I think a few months ago when we had the big life change happening and I moved in with my parents. Like you were saying, you couldn't take in any more emotions and Mm -hmm. that was like too much for you. For me, I needed to check out of my own emotions and watch somebody Mm -hmm. else's. And so I especially right after I moved in here, I did a lot of binge watching (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I just needed I needed like that total mental check out break from my own life. I'm going to watch something completely different than my life. And so watching something like The Crown or, you know, Call the Midwife or whatever, like it was just, it was something totally different from my life and allowed me to have that mental break that I just really needed.
2: Yeah, that makes total sense. So for me, I I grew up in a home that watched TV quite a lot, um, and there were certain shows that I grew up watching. And then my first year of college, which was 1999 to 2000, so it was quite, I mean, that's like almost 20 years ago. Isn't that
1: crazy? I know.
2: You know, I guess it was like, well, we're coming up 19 years since I graduated high school. So that first year, my roommate and I, we intentionally made the decision not to have a TV in our dorm room for just one year. Wow. So we went without TV for, and it was a very intentional decision because we both felt like, I guess it was like Snapchat would be for college students today. Like it was just so yeah. addicting, like we yeah. had grown up with TV. And so that year broke me for like the, the next 19 forever feeling like I absolutely had to have the TV on. Yeah. And so I can say like, that, I mean, just that one year away from TV and like, if I were in somebody else's dorm room or whatever, I would still watch it. It wasn't like I was completely fasting from it, Yeah. but it broke me of that need to constantly have it. So I think that that really has dictated my TV time ever since. So also my husband, I'm trying to think we do have two TVs in our house now, but for a really long time, let's see, it's only been like four and a half years that we have. And my husband is really really into TV. Like he that's his way to chill. Yeah. And he loves um like sci-fi and like superhero stuff and I'm just not into all of that. So yeah. I guess like with he would be watching TV, I couldn't watch TV at the same time. So I would have to figure out something else to do, you know? Um, and I didn't mind because I, I didn't have to have it in my life anymore. So now it's like, I just pick those, those shows that I think that I'll really like. yeah. And then if I start to not really like it, I'm, I'm okay. Just putting it aside. Yeah. And I also feel like, um, I'm just so I've chosen to spend my time like other ways and not necessarily mm-hmm. like better than something else, but that I really don't have a lot of that extra margin to watch watch a different TV show every night. Um,
1: Yeah. The Uh, crown. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think part of that being intentional with your TV is knowing that it is, it does take up your time. And so if there are other things that you're wanting to fit into your life, TV is one of the things that you can Mm -hmm. like decide to only do at certain times or a certain night of the week, or, you know, you can, it doesn't have to just be this default thing that goes on every evening. Like you can be intentional about it. And Mm -hmm. I know my life growing up and everything. Yeah, it was definitely was just, well, TV's on. But Mm -hmm. we can be intentional about it. And I think that there is something, too, about the way TV is changing. More is on demand now with things like Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu and everything. We have the ability to... Not just decide when we're watching or whatever. I mean, I know when I was little, we'd have to, like, tape shows if we didn't want to watch yeah. them right when they were on. I mean, we have our DVRs and all that kind of stuff and on demand now. But the fact that for a lot of shows, the whole season comes out at one time, this, I mean, not that I'm, like, a big Like supporter of binge watching, although I've done my fair share, sometimes I feel like it's almost more healthy to just like, okay, I'm going to watch this show for this next week or whatever. And then it's not a part of my everyday daily life. Like I'm not sucked into this certain time or this certain day that I'm having to watch it. Like I just, I get it over with and then I go back to reading my books or whatever. And for some people that might not work for them, they want it to just be like this consistent thing. But I kind of like just getting it done in a chunk.
2: Girl, I am the same way, and I don't know if that kind of goes back to our ENFP, you know, like the all or nothing, and that's totally 100% me. So I binge-watched The Crown Season 2, and I think I did Season 1 when it came out, too. And I basically, since I took a break from This Is Us, I basically binge-watched. Like all of yeah. season two, which I think they're still, they're going to pick back up. Um, I don't know when this publishes, it might be totally gone, but like most of season two within like three days, I binge watched it. Yeah. And I, I like doing that too. I like not being boxed in to like one night of the week at this time, I have yeah. to watch the show or I'm going to miss it. And that is the beauty of having all of the on demand stuff now. So we watch yeah. this, I watched this is Us on Hulu and you know, the crown is on Netflix, um, I, I really like it that way. I started getting in a little bit to old reruns of Parenthood because I'd never oh, seen yeah. that. And everyone said, oh, it's so great. It was kind of like the old This Is Us or whatever. But I I, I liked it okay, but I never got into it as much as I did um, This Is Us. And I think I stopped watching after season one. Like, I watched it whenever I had a newborn and I was nursing. Yeah. Did you watch
1: that one? I picked up Parenthood in season two. I never saw season one. And then I watched through the second to last season okay so yeah but i i did like it but it's kind of one of those shows like once you get to know the characters even if you don't love what's going on you just keep watching because you know the characters you know yeah like you feel like you're part of it or you know whatever i just i think some shows like you watch them long enough that you just keep watching them yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah
2: well what did you think about the crown
1: okay so i I mean, first of all, just from a production standpoint, The Crown is amazing. I mean, it's the most money that any show has has ever been invested into any show. So, I mean, it's like $100 million or something that they invest into making sure that everything is as accurate as they can possibly make it from obviously I mean it's a scripted show they're they're going off of what they know for the most part but obviously these conversations didn't actually happen the way that they make them happen but mm-hmm. I do feel like it's incredibly enlightening about the royal family I mean things that you just don't really think about or I mean I've just found it to be incredibly interesting and it makes me want to give even more kudos to the queen for (laughs) you know still being married still holding up this role and everything after all of these years I mean she's the longest reigning English monarch and when you kind of go back and see her younger years and the things that she went through and all of that I think it's incredibly admirable and so I find it very interesting. I just, and I, okay, so I went back to my strengths finder test the other day because. I go with me here. I know we're not talking about personality types. But... <laughs> It'll probably always come up, and yes, the two but us it probably together. Will. So I I had taken it two years ago, but I couldn't find my results, and I was like, what were they? Because I knew what one of the results was, one of them that I didn't like, but I was like, I need to find what the other ones are. And so I finally found it, buried in my email the other day. And my number two strength is input, and mm-hmm. I just you know finished up reading people by Ann Bogle and she was talking about how a friend of hers was saying something about oh well no wonder you love to read that fits your strengths because you have input as one of your strengths I was like oh duh like I love to take in information and so I think shows like The Crown, where other family members I have are like, oh, that's so boring, it's slow, I don't care. And like, I just find it incredibly interesting. It makes me want to go read biographies about the queen and like all of a sudden know everything about the British family. like Or the royal family. I just, that's, it. I think it it does something for that input part of me when it's like based on things that really happened.
2: Yeah, I like you, I don't think I don't have input, but I loved uh, reading biographies and autobiographies, even when I was a kid, like I remember like the children's autobiography and biography section of the library, like I would sit there and I would read about different people. And I just I love history. I love period pieces. So I love the crown for that. Now I will say It is one of those shows, at least to me, like you have to be awake enough to watch it because there have been times where I have fallen asleep watching (laughs) it. Which and actually, I think there was one time I fell asleep watching This as Us, and that was just it was because I was just really tired and it was super late at night. But but with the British accents, which are pretty easy to understand, yeah. but it's not with that and with it being, you know, it's not a um, a humorous show, no, you know. No, it's so it's one it's of the shows purely
1: about entertainment.
2: Right. It, and yeah. it's
1: history. And so if
2: you enjoy history, if you enjoy learning about other people, and I had the same reaction as you. Like, I have so much more respect for Queen Elizabeth. I love her. I feel like I'm, you know, a super fan of hers now. Yeah. I've been checking, like, Googling, what is she, has she said anything about Billy Graham? Because yeah. there's a whole episode of her and Billy Graham, which yes. I love. That was my favorite one. Yeah. Um, because I do believe she's a Christian. And I just, I love it. Now, I will say there was one episode in season yeah. two. Yeah,
1: there was. That that was
2: awful, <laughs> yeah. awful, 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 and it—I mean, it was just awful. And um, I told my friend, I was like, "Okay, you've got to just when you get to this episode, you're just gonna have to fast forward yes. through it." And and just to tell listeners, like, and I can't remember which one it was. Is it, it was it was the one where it has like if you start an episode where it's all about Princess Margaret and the guy she eventually yeah. marries, like just just. Go to the next episode. So I told my (laughs) friend about it, and she said that her husband walked in like the episode was starting, and it was getting into those those raunchy scenes that she needed to skip. And but it had just started, and her husband walked in, and he was like, "What in the world are you watching?" watching? (laughs) Yeah. So I will say, and it it really took me by surprise
1: because there's nothing else like that in the entire series. Yeah. So I really, I think they maybe show Prince Philip like from the backside once.
2: Yeah, like in it, season and, one, in their marriage, you yeah, know. Yeah, like, I really hope that that's not the path they're going to go down for future seasons because yeah. it's a really good show.
1: But well, but it I would didn't say... come back up throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. So my hope true. is that it just was like because that's kind of what was going on. Yeah. But yeah. yeah.
2: It was really bad, though. It was it was really graphic. It so was
1: graphic. Yes. <laughs> um,
2: I do kind of wish that they. So with the crown, did you read that they're replacing like the yes, actors, yes. actresses, and stuff? I don't like that because
1: I, I know. Really like- well, and-, and like you look at this is us, and they've done such a good job of aging them. Yeah, and we've yeah. really grown used to them playing these parts. And when I've seen, like, I've looked at the pictures where they show the actors versus the real life people. And it is staggering what a good job they did of finding not only lookalikes, but people who could really act. And just, like, I mean, just from an acting perspective, you know, I I am a voiceover actor, I grew up acting, so I a lot of times look at a show from that perspective as well, and I watch a lot of, like, the -the behind-the-scenes videos on YouTube and the making of and those kinds of things, and I just have so much respect for their accents, because... It's not an easy English accent that they are doing. It's very, like, German-influenced from the Hanover's and, like, all of that stuff. And so I find just that part of it incredibly interesting to look at, like, how they talk because that's not their normal English accent. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, it really is. They've done a great job. Well, you know, another British show that I love that um, it was almost like a This Is Us and... Virality or like how viral it went was Downton Abbey. Yeah. Did you like?
1: Oh, I love Downton. Yes. I love Downton so much. It was definitely one
2: of my favorite all time shows.
1: Yeah, I was so disappointed when they cut it off. When they did, I can just only hope that they bring back a movie. They've been yeah. rumoring it, but that was yeah. That's one of those all times like just classics. They will mm-hmm. always be there. I've thought about going back and just watching it again because it was so good.
2: Yeah, what's interesting is that's totally not my husband's genre, and he actually really liked it and got into it with me. Yeah, my and dad had...
1: really did, too.
2: Did your dad? Yeah. There are several men that got into it and actually really liked it, too, and I don't know if it was the history part or what, and it was just, it was also an amusing show. So it's yes. high drama, but it was also really funny. Yes. And I think maybe that was it. So it was, it was one of those shows that was able to do a lighthearted and serious show at the exact yes. same time. Yeah. Which you don't find very often at all.
1: Mm-hmm. And one of them that's kind of taken the place for me with Downton is um, Victoria.
2: Okay. Tell me about that because I've watched one episode of that. And it's been one of the ones that I'm like, hmm, do I want to get into this or not? So I watched one episode after The Crown, but then I decided I wanted to pick up This Is Us again. So now okay. that I'm binged through This Is Us, like, do you think I should go with Victoria now that you know what I like?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Victoria is so good. I just, I, of course, now me, like, having the input whole thing, like I was talking about, when I first started watching Victoria, because I knew we were going to be studying this time period in homeschooling this year, so we actually just started Abraham Lincoln, so we're coming into, like, Victoria's era as well, but I got, like, a biography, okay, you know, confession, a year later, I'm still reading, the same biography but I just think it's so interesting when you find out more about their love story so it's just it's an amazing love story and when you watch it it's a little like oh he's her cousin and like what but I have to say especially season one It was the most sweeping love story where you go from thinking that Albert is kind of this dorky dude to like, oh, like, look at him. He's really something. Oh, I love it. They have their, I can't remember which episode it was, but they show their wedding night. And it is the... Okay, I'm going to use this word for anybody who's like going to be offended. I'm sorry. But it is the sexiest scene I have seen on TV where no clothes were removed. Wow. Okay. I have got to
2: watch this show, girl. I am so glad you're telling me because we like so much of the same stuff. Yeah. And it was one of those things that's like, okay, do I really want to take the time that my intentional TV time to spend on this when I don't know a lot of other people who are talking about this show? So would you say it's better or worse than The Crown or like the same, just different? Um,
1: It's totally different. It's, I mean, The Crown, I feel like is more like hardcore biographical and it's more today's time so there is more i don't know it's just got a very different feel victoria has more of like have you seen pole dark
2: Yes, that's another one. Okay, okay I will loved... get there in a
1: second. But it's, okay, it's we'll like, get there in a second. Yeah. We
2: totally have the same taste, girl. Yeah, we have this,
1: but yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's more like that pole. It's just right after Darkian era, you know. So it's like it's just a different era. So it has a different feel mm-hmm. to it. But I just I love their relationship, and I love watching it kind of in contrast to The Crown because there's another couple where the wife is the queen, the husband can't be king, like what that does to the dynamics in their relationship and how they iron that out and work that out. And then knowing that also Victoria is Elizabeth's great grandma, I think.
2: I think so. Yeah. And so
1: that's really interesting and I mean it's all you know we're coming into Civil War times you know I don't know I just find it incredibly interesting of course they do try to sneak some things in there because it's like oh every show has to have these token things that probably weren't around and you know they the the fact of the matter is again a lot of the Hanover family like the men were sleeping around and had mistresses and all of that stuff and so they don't show that but it's talked about and it's known in the show because that's the fact of what actually happened but mm-hmm. Albert's Albert's the good one in the mix. And you just oh. really love him because he was so devoted to her. And just seeing their relationship and how bonded they were and how, like, when she's in labor, she yells for him. And he's, like... That wasn't normal that the husband would be in the room when you're having a baby back then, you know, but she wanted him and he came in and, you know, oh, that, see, I could cry about that. Like, this is one of those shows that you just, especially season one, you just get so caught up in the romance of it and, yeah. You've convinced
2: it. me. I'm totally going to to watch it. They should be paying you <laughs> to get commercial for Victoria because now I'm like. I, because did you ever watch the Young Victoria the movie? I didn't. It had Emily Blunt in it. Okay, so it was a really good movie, and it was just about her love story with Prince Albert. And so I am familiar with the love story from that movie, and it was one of those things, like, I can't remember who the actor was, but, you know, he wasn't super cute. But then, like, by the end of the movie, you're like, oh, I love Albert, you know? Yeah. Their love story was so sweet, so... I really want to watch it now.
1: Yeah. Well, and behind the scenes stuff, Jenna Coleman, who plays Victoria, and I can't, why can't I think of the guy's name now, um, who plays Albert, they're dating in real life. Oh, wow. Which also makes it really interesting. So I don't know. I just, I I think it's so good. Pretty much as soon as I get off the phone with you, I'm going to be watching Victoria with my mom. How many seasons are there so far? It's only two so far. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well I'm totally that's I'm moving that one on up my list. Like yeah. that's the next show for me because I'm done with shows right now. So
1: Okay, but that's then it. we talked about Pole Dark. We're getting so, we're getting long here, but we gotta we gotta talk about pole dark. Yes. So I only watched
2: season one of Pole Dark and Stop there. Okay. Stop there.
1: <laughs> if you want to still love them, stop there. Seriously. So
2: so I don't need to watch any more.
1: If you want to actually like Ross, then yeah. stop there.
2: Oh, no. Does he end up with the other girl? He
1: just ends up doing a lot of really stupid things. And Demelza does as well. And it just kind of it kind of starts getting to that point where it's like, is there anything redeeming going to happen in this show? Or is it all just bad? Mm. And so... And especially after season one, where the loss of the baby and he's... Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. I'll put a spoiler alert on the beginning of this episode. (laughs) Um, But, like, when he's telling Demelza, like, I could never look at anyone but you. I love you so much. And, you know, and then things just kind of crumble. And a lot of really bad things happen for not just them, but a lot of people in the show moving forward. Where it just... It feels like a much darker show from season two on, and so, so have- I I don't I don't love it as much as I did with season one. I loved season one.
2: How many seasons are there in Poldark now?
1: Three, I believe. Are
2: they Are they filming more? Yes. Like, do you I'm think there's sure. going to be some redeeming? some redemption in there eventually or is it one of those that you're just like don't waste your time I mean
1: I could probably find out if I would go read the books (laughs) because they are based (laughs) on the books but um I don't know I Mm I I hope I sure hope but there are some things that I think they're they just can't be redeemed but um yeah I hope not even so much for Ross and Demelza but for some of the other characters I'm like oh well I hope this gets better for them and so it's enough to keep me coming back just for those kind of like those outside characters like oh I hope they at least get it together if Ross and Demelza never do
2: oh that's so disheartening because I love season one you know I may have watched like one episode or something season two I don't know maybe like another show came along probably this is us and that's why I stopped watching it but um are there any other shows? Like, I just wrote down the name of a show that I've abandoned before. Like, are there any shows that you've abandoned? Which I guess Poldark Dark would be one of them that I did, but I didn't well, abandon it, didn't like it. Yeah,
1: I abandoned Pull Dark for a while and then mm. came back to it when I moved here. Um, but <laughs> I, I abandoned Parenthood.
2: Yeah, me too.
1: And then I just came back and watched the very last episode. Mm-hmm. um so I could kind of see how they tied everything together I don't know what did you abandon
2: I abandoned rain have you heard of uh, rain I've
1: heard of it but I haven't seen it so it's um like
2: it's it's it about Queen Mary I think of Scots oh. or something like that and it it's pretty dark and yeah. just vulgar really oh. and you would think it was really would be really cool because Megan follows, who was Anne of Anna of Green Gables and like the nineteen eighty five version or whatever that so many people in our generation okay, love. Yeah. Like she plays, um the king's mother, and she's really cruel, and oh. so it's just, I, my husband and I started watching together, and then we just quit. Like, it just wasn't very good. Yeah. What about any unex- shows that you've watched that you like that you would never have thought you would have liked? Do you have anything like that?
1: Hmm. Oh, well, okay. This is one of them that's on my list, and it's definitely, if you're a highly sensitive person, this one's probably going to be too much, but <laughs> Man in the High Castle.
2: Is that the one about, like, an alternate ending to World yes. War II? Oh, somebody just told me the other day they love it. So do and you love I, it?
1: I love it. And so I'm, like, a World War II buff like I was yeah I was in a play when I was younger I played the lead in a holocaust show and like from there on out I was totally invested in World War II and so the thought of Nazi Germany and Japan winning the war and what that actually could have looked like for our country I know some people are like "Eh, it didn't really happen so who cares but Rufus Sewell who plays a... He's also in Victoria. Victoria is the only show I've ever seen him in that I actually like him in. Usually he plays a bad guy. And Mm -hmm. he plays a bad guy in Man in the High Castle. He plays, like, an American officer that became a Nazi general in America. And he said he wanted to do this show because it shows how quickly we can become brainwashed into thinking that a certain way is correct if we aren't keeping ourselves in check and having checks and balances. And I thought that was so interesting. And I just think the way they have put together this show, I mean, it just... Because then they start to have flashbacks to what it actually was like because we won the war. And people are going like, wait a minute, it could have been like that? And so people trying to, to make things right. And it's just... It's so deep. It's so interesting. You're never sure who really to be rooting for because even as Rufus Sewell being this like Nazi officer and who you just, he's terrible and he kills people and he's ruthless. But then when it comes to his own family, his compassion for his own family and the choices he's having to make for them based on these Nazi rules that are crazy, oh man, that is takes it really deep and you actually feel compassion for him which you wouldn't think Mm. that you could and so there's just so many different layers and I cannot wait for season three to come back.
2: So do you watch that on Netflix or where is it?
1: It's on Amazon.
2: Okay well we have Amazon that's awesome so I'm adding so should I watch Victoria or Man in the High Castle first?
1: Uh depends. I mean, Man in the High Castle is dark. It's deep. And you, like, don't watch it alone. Like, have someone at least to talk about it with, (laughs) because it's so (laughs) intense. Like, you might need to call me and be like, okay, so this just happened. (laughs) But if you want something more lighthearted and, like, sweep you away, it's a lovely story. Go with Victoria. Okay. But if you're ready for deep, hard hitting, go with Man in the High Castle. You're the second
2: person to mention Man of the High Castle, like in the next last two weeks. And I love anything World War II related. Love it. So yeah. I'm going to add it to my list and we'll see how things are in my personal life <laughs> to it, see whether I'm yeah. watch it or not.
1: It just uh, kind of blew my mind. So I, I loved it. That's what this other
2: friend said, too. And she said that her husband has gotten into it, too. Well, one show that I thought I would never like, in fact, people who follow me online would probably be shocked that I watched this and actually really liked it, was um, Grimm.
1: Have oh! You Grimm? Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. I never watched it, though.
2: No, like, it's totally not my kind of show, but my it's totally my husband's kind of show. And it's basically about this like fictional world where you know everybody looks like humans but some of them really aren't (laughs) they're like these monster-like people okay (laughs) they they like go around like killing people (laughs) oh my and so, like, it's kind of like a detective show So yeah. my husband and I used to watch a long time ago, like, CSI. Yeah. And so it's kind of like that, but in, in like, a fictional sense. And so, like, there's this one really good guy, and he's a grim, and he's the only one that can tell if, if people are really, like not people if they're like these monster figures I forgot what they're called Wesson I think is what they're called and and so like the whole show like it starts out with like somebody's been killed or something's happened and like they're trying to figure out like how it happened and then they figure out it's one of these Wesson monsters okay (laughs) I think that why I liked it, though, was because there was like a love story component in there. Mm-hmm, yeah. And my husband liked all the sci-fi and I liked the little love, love story, story. component. <laughs> and so it was like one of the only shows we could actually watch together. And that's both funny. Likes. But it really surprised me because it was like we would watch it every week. We'd watch Grimm. And so that it's like been off for over a year and we haven't ever found like a- another show to yeah. watch to- so
1: that's hard that's definitely hard and the the show that i'm going to bring up next is it's not one he would be interested in either but i'm wondering if you have watched did you ever watch call the midwife
2: so i did watch a few episodes but i never got super into it but i don't know if it's because like i literally only watched like probably two or three episodes okay.
1: well i think i started watching it when i was still watching downton So it's been around. It's had six seasons. And I think some of it for me also is I used to be a doula. So like I came out of that, you know, birth world. And so I think just from that perspective, it made it really interesting to me. But I thought even just like from the faith perspective and the sisters like i've never been around the catholic faith or i think i don't think they're catholic in the show i think they're episcopalian or something i don't even know but um i just thought it was really interesting on a lot of different levels so i do like call the midwife although as it does get farther in there are some things that you're like "Uh, did you really need to do that but Mm -hmm. i like it i think it's interesting
2: I think I just didn't get it you know why I think I didn't get into it was because somebody told me about it and it was while I was still watching Downton and it goes mm. back to I, I I've i really like trained myself to only watch one show at a time yeah and so I think I couldn't get into it when I was also watching Downton so it's yeah. kind of been one of those on like the bottom of my list yeah my my, my list is short you know yeah like right now it's uh Finish This Is Us when it comes back on, Victoria, Man of the High Castle, and now I call the
1: midwife. Yeah. <laughs> and skip the fun. last two seasons of Pool Dark
2: Yes. And that's what I have down here because it's been like one of those things, oh, should I go back to it? But nope. Yeah. Now that yeah. you said it, it's back I wouldn't bother.
1: So you probably don't do much in the way of any sort of reality TV.
2: Not now. Let me see. Did I ever, back in the day, I may have watched like one Survivor I did watch American Idol a few seasons. Yeah. Um what else is there on Re- I may have done like I may have watched like one season of The Bachelor, but this is like way back in the day, yeah. like pre seeds and my oldest is almost 10. So
0: yeah. Yeah. It was a long
2: time ago. What about you? Do you watch reality TV?
1: Um I used to. When I was younger, I used to watch a lot more. Um like like we did Survivor for a long time and American Idol. I do like um so you think you can dance but I, I don't fully endorse it just because of costumes and all that kind of thing, but I it it's that same kind of theater world sort of stuff to me. And I used to kind of be in the theater dance world, so I find it interesting just from that perspective. It reminds me of going to camp every summer, going to theater camp. Um, but the ones that I watch right now is I like Fixer Upper which is fun because it's Chip and Joanna Gaines and they're Christians and it's almost over, but I love what they do with the homes and he's just so weird that he's really fun to watch as far as like a a home reno show goes. And I really like bringing up baits. I still sometimes watch the older Duggar kids show, but it's harder for me to watch stuff that's not like on demand um, here at my parents. So the one that I do record still is bringing up baits. Have you ever heard of that?
2: I have heard of that. um, And I just haven't. Is that the one where the dad got arrested or is that a different one?
1: That's got to be a different one okay um yeah I've
2: never even watched like a whole episode of the duggers okay and I, I part of it is because I haven't had cable in so many years yeah. it yeah. has to be on Netflix Hulu or Amazon Prime yeah uh, in order for me to watch it which one of those might be on there now
1: yeah I but don't know.
2: Uh, I did watch a few of the counting on episodes from the duggers mm-hmm. like on my computer yeah. and I liked that. But I have never brought bringing at Bates. What how is it compared to the Duggars?
1: Well, it's also a family with nineteen kids. They're friends with the Duggars, but I tend to think they're a little bit more real. And so they're like when their kids talk in interviews, it doesn't sound scripted. It doesn't sound like they've been drilled into, you know, the same thing all of them say. They're just real kids. And when they're dealing with their kids getting into relationships, it's just, like, real stuff. And, you know, they... And a lot of them are getting into relationships now and having babies. And so that's just fun to watch from a family who really is trying to do things the right way, but also recognizing that we are real with, you know, real feelings and real emotions and, like, all of that kind of stuff. I think that they just... I think you can tell the parents have, they maybe were a little bit more staunch about things when their kids were younger, and as they've had more kids and their kids have gotten older, just wisdom comes into play, and you don't major on the minors as much. And Mm. I just think they've done a really good job of raising a really great family, and it's just funny and sweet, and this family just truly loves each other, and so it's fun to watch.
2: Oh, I'll have to... To think about that one.
1: Yeah. So I like that one. But I mean I've also followed them for a long time. Because they used to come on the Duggar show. Like I definitely I've watched I watched all the Duggar everything from way back in the beginning when they just had like specials on TLC. So I had followed them and so then you kind of got to know the Bates, and then, you know, the Bates have their own spin-off show, but on a different network. So yeah, I like them. But I that's probably pretty much all I do for the reality tv well that was a really fun episode it was that was
2: really fun so I have a list now of new shows that I can watch and it was really neat to hear how we both intentionally watch tv and we're really similar yeah if I were in my parents house right now I would it would be the same as what you're doing right now watching more but just because that's how my family is but um the whole binging like I don't think it's a bad thing when it's like being intentional with our time
1: yeah and then that frees up the rest of your time where you can't like if I just had something I was watching all the time then I do end up reading less and doing all that kind of stuff but when I can just I mean I think when the crown first came out first season okay I remember it was November 10th no it was just December 10th It was December 10th because I was sick that weekend. I was like, I'm just going to stay in my bed and watch this whole darn season. And so I think we just like got the kids food when they needed it and, you know, put on a lot of movies and mommy was sick and I watched The Crown. So then it didn't take over my life. And I like that. So how are we cultivating loveliness right now in our lives, Erin?
2: I am loving reading good books. Yes. I love to read, and I have since I was a little girl, but 2017 was not the best reading year for me. I, I only is. read 12 books the whole year, and it's not just that I read fewer books, it's that I read a ton of health books. Oh, What's, yeah. And I'm really passionate about health books, but when I looked at it, like, there wasn't um, – a very good balance of what I read in two thousand seventeen and two thousand seventeen mm-hmm. was like a rough year anyway. Yeah. And so I am trying to really read things that will enrich my life more and not make me worry about like health issues. <laughs> like, <laughs> even though That's I loved, so I will read some health books this year. But so so far, and I'm also just making it more priority to read. Um I took Facebook off my phone. Nice. So I don't have that distraction. Um, I have my Kindle Paperwhite that I can take with me anywhere. And so usually um, I, I try not to read two books at one time a whole, whole lot because then I just get confused. And I find that I read faster when I just read through one book. Okay, But um, – if i'm in bed late at night and i can't read a regular book because i don't want to disturb my husband then i will just start something on my kindle paperwhite so yeah. also i've been able to like with the kindle books did you know that you can look and see the average read time like how long yes. it takes people to read? oh my goodness total game changer yes. so you can plan out your reading so for example so i read I'm hoping, okay, like, tomorrow's the last day of January as we're recording this, yeah. and I'm hoping to finish, like, two more books. <laughs> because. Yeah. Well, it's because I figured out, like, one book only will take me an hour to read, and I'm like, I could totally do that, and I could fit in more books. So I ended up reading two longer books, and then hopefully I'll finish the two shorter books by tomorrow and have read four books, I think, in all for January. Boundaries was my favorite one. Uh, That one's on my list. Girl. It is so good. Every single human being needs to read that book. I am serious. It was so good. And it's funny because I, I people have told me my whole life, you need to read boundaries. Uh-huh. And I, I, I'll i just say, like, I, they talk about the compliant person in the book. And I'm, that's totally me. I've always been, like, the people pleaser, compliant person. And um, anyway, so I guess that's why people were telling me you need to read this. <laughs> and I looked at the reviews now, and so many people say every person is needs to read this book. Like this is a book the human race needs to read. So many people said this is one of the best books I've ever read. I highly recommend it. My friend today, um, I loaned her the copy that um, I was reading, and she said that she is on page 64, and she already feels like every single page is like therapy.
1: Wow. Yeah. I need to get my hands on that book (laughs) for sure. It is life-changing. It is so good. Well, and I love that this was your lovely right now, is reading, because before we actually talked about this, I swear to all you listeners, this was my lovely as well. (laughs) So I actually just, because when we're recording this, last night I was editing the podcast that went out today, which was with Jody McKenna, and it was all about our reading from 2017 and our favorite books and kind of looking forward into 2018, but we recorded it in December. So like... It's been like a month and a half since I recorded it and it like brought all that reading stuff like fresh to the foreground for me like oh yeah I really did want to be reading more (laughs) and I just haven't done it much in January and I've had a few books that I've been trying to get into but haven't just been drawing me in and I have some stuff that I just have to read because I'm going to have people on the podcast or whatever which it's not that they're going to be bad books I know they're good but I kind of feel this like I need story right now I I don't want to just be reading non-fiction and kind of like what you were saying about the health books and stuff like I want something that draws me into it and so I'm actually trying to I use my kindle on my phone right now because I don't have anything else I'm envious of your paper white oh. <laughs> but um I have some of those that I need to, I have like a, an old account and then I need to switch to a new Amazon account. So I'm like, I need to read through some of these books before I switch off of this old account. So I actually just was, I just got into one tonight while I was waiting for my pizza <laughs> and I am oh, like, awesome. oh, this is going to be a good one. So, i um, oh, yeah. Oh, good. What is it? What can you share? Okay. Well, it's America's First Daughter and I'm not sure if it's historical fiction or if it's just like historical I think it's historical fiction but it's about Thomas Jefferson's daughter and it's like told from a first person perspective from her and I'm just a couple of pages in but I love that era of history and I think it's just gonna offer like a really different viewpoint on that time in history so I'm excited to read it I think it's gonna be really good that sounds like
2: a really good book. I love historical fiction. Yeah, um, me too. The first book I read of the year was The Help.
1: Have oh, yeah, yeah, Help?
2: yeah. It, it was a movie a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I saw it was the book movie. first. I saw the movie, and then my husband actually bought me the book right after that, and it's been years, and finally I was like, I'm going to read that book, because I did not read any fiction last year, yeah. and I tend to be like this info hog, like I want to learn and learn and learn, and then... I realized I just need to have more fiction in my life because it's not bad to just relax sometimes, you know, and get into a good book. And also, it really creates empathy. Um, Most, you know, most fiction does. And so I loved the help. I highly recommend it. And, um, yeah, I'm excited about books this year. I'm going to.
1: Oh, Definitely read more
2: than I read last year.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I almost feel like kind of like where I'm at right now because like you were saying, there's so much serious and I, I almost feel like I just need to claim 2018 as like my year of fiction other than things like that I have to read for the podcast or whatever mm-hmm. because I just, I don't want to feel like I'm just burdening myself with having to learn things. Like I just need to give myself a break and read some just good fiction. I'm on the waiting list for Katherine Ray's new book, I don't even know what it's called. I don't even care because I love all of her books. So that one should come up any day as well. I'm really excited about it.
2: Oh, is that one, the Austin escape or is it something else?
1: I don't even know. Um, the last, you, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. So I loved
2: dear Mr. Knightley loved it. Oh my goodness. Like squealed like a teenage girl loved that book. Um, And then I read her The Bronte Plot, and I didn't like it as much. But I know she's got – I've never read Lizzie and Jane. I have it on my Kindle. Um, I have not read A Portrait of Emily Price. That is my
1: favorite – my favorite – can really? I just say, I really enjoyed Dear Mr. Knightley. Crystal actually sent it to me when she found out that I hadn't ever read it. She was like, I'm sending this to you today. And I read it really fast and I enjoyed it. But A Portrait of Emily Price, I read in three days last summer and I absolutely loved it. Because I like books where you like you travel to a different place and get that perspective. And like half the book is set in Italy. I loved okay. it. Loved well, it. I
2: will have to put that on my list. I'm actually putting it on my Amazon list right now. So I won't forget. But um if you like the traveling, the Bronte plot, they travel. Yeah, I did a read lot. that
1: one and I oh, liked you did? that one. Okay. Yeah. You I liked just, it? Yeah. It wasn't like my favorite favorite, but I thought it was good. But okay, yes. The Austin Escape is her new one. Okay. That's the one I I'm had on that for. one on
2: my Kindle. It was recently on sale for like a dollar ninety nine for ah. Kindle. Um, from the modern Mrs. Darcy list. Yeah, <laughs> she has. All, she has a lot of fiction on there, and so that's one of the ones I want to read this year too. Um, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah,
1: I get that list, but I've I kind of like haven't been looking lately because, like I said, I'm trying to switch off of this old Amazon account and do my mm-hmm. new one. So I'm like, I can't buy anything until I'm done with what I have. So then okay. I'll get back into her list and start, you know, buying the cheap ones again.
2: Can I tell you a um a secret to get free books? Actually, okay. anybody that's listening to the Cultivate the Lovely, should we put this on the Patreon account?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, have you ever heard of NetGalley? Yes, I have. Girl, you, you get free books. You just and they're new books. They're e-books. They're new books. You, down, you, you go in and you request. Like, you look through all the books they have, and I usually just circle in on the Christian ones, and then um, you can request them, and you can get it sent straight to your Kindle, or you can download the EPUB file to your computer, and um, then you just, you agree to write an Amazon review after oh. you read it.
1: Well, that's easy. It's, like, not even a whole blog post in the whole shebang.
2: No, and I am embarrassed to say I have a ton of books from NetGalley that I've had for a really long time that I haven't even read yet. That's hilarious. One day I will put an Amazon review on there. But I'm trying to think if that's how I got the Bronte plot. I've gotten a lot of books
1: that way. That's awesome. And then you just
2: read Amazon reviews.
1: So. That's awesome. Yeah, I used to, like, blog for books, but that just became a lot of effort. And so I stopped. Yeah.
2: This is just writing Amazon reviews, and
1: you would be amazed.
2: Yeah, you would be amazed at the books they have on there.
1: Mm, I'm gonna have to check that out. All right, everybody, go search your net galley, add some loveliness to your life. Alright ladies, I hope that you guys had half as much fun listening to that episode as Erin and I had recording it. We had so much fun talking about our favorite shows and just getting to banter back and forth about it and we would love to continue that discussion with you. So hop over to the Facebook group, just search Cultivating the Lovely on Facebook and we would love to hear what some of your show recommendations are or just continue the discussion in general about what you thought about the episode and just if you want to talk about shows, it could just be kind of a fun lighthearted. hearted week to be able to do that also make sure that if you're wanting to get in on any of the information about makeup and how we can have a a great signature mom look that is natural and doesn't take all of our time that's what we're doing all month long in the patreon group so make sure to hop over to patreon.com forward slash cultivating the lovely to find out all about that All right, ladies, keep on sharing the podcast. Keep on telling your friends. Keep on talking with us on Instagram and following over there. We love to see you guys there. And next week, I will be back with Leah Bowden and special guest, Andy Gould. And we will be talking all about spring nature study. And they seriously school me on it. So it was a really fun episode. And I think you guys will enjoy it. All right. Until next time, go be bold and gracious.